We're Lane and Sharis, two certified clinicians who are obsessed with neuroscience and learning all the secrets behind the power of our brains. From alcoholic blackouts to phantom limbs, brain freezes, orgasms, and more, these bite-sized episodes cover all the human experiences that are fascinating to us. This is the mini Brain Blown Podcast. Hey, Lane. So what's on the docket for this month's mini episode? I feel like a lot of us struggle a bit in the winter, right? That's kind of why we covered depression. So why don't we talk about motivation? Kind of getting us motivated to think to spring and getting us in a space of how do we keep moving forward when we sometimes feel like we just want to curl up in our bed and do nothing? I love that. Yeah, really perfect for winter. Also kind of perfect for the the new year thing as people are probably trying, maybe falling off of their resolutions. <laughs> you know, this is your motivation. You can keep going. Well, and we're recording this actually on a day where I just heard birds outside my window for the first day and got to see them running around and playing. And it is, it's a day that some people honor as kind of the beginning of spring. So it seems beautiful. Oh, truly, truly. It's been cold here up north. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So it turns out it's not that easy to talk about the neuroscience of motivation (laughs) because we don't really have a great definition for what motivation actually is. Oh, that that makes a lot of sense. It's like, what actually is motivation? Is it something that you do? Is it something that you have? Is it something that you are? Exactly. (laughs) So Kim Sung-il really dug into this and said part of what The problem is, is there's really not a good definition. The classic definition that we think of is more talking about processes that move us and focus our behavior. But that's really talking about what motivation is doing, not what motivation itself actually is. And it becomes hard to talk about it because it's more ambiguous. Mm. Kim Sung-il will also talk about There are different kinds of theories around motivation. There's reinforcement theory and goal theory. Reinforcement theory being more about self-determination and behavioral changes to identify internal needs. And goal theory being more about the future outcomes. So these current theories tend to think in terms of what satisfies us, in terms of what drives us, but they're still not adequately answering fundamental questions, which is to quote, how are experiences such as want, desire, and satisfaction created? How do individuals anticipate satisfaction? How do individuals select a particular action amongst several competing alternatives? What do individuals persist in action even though they're not expecting feelings of satisfaction? How does motivation develop over time? Wow, I can already see how involved our brain is going to be with motivation just from that. So let's talk about that. What the heck is going on in our brain when it comes to motivation then? Yes. So Kim will say the important thing is to look at the link between the brain and how it's directing and energizing behavior. So what are those neural mechanisms that are underlying this focus, right? Mm. And to study this, there are kind of three different ideas for motivation and Kim will go through this and then explain the different parts of the brain for those three different ideas. Okay. And those three ideas are reward-driven, value-based, or goal-directed. Ooh. So reward-driven, mm-hmm. like you are pursuing something, mm-hmm. like a specific reward. Value-based, where you're doing it maybe for the good of something. And then goal-driven, where you're doing it for a future outcome, an outcome. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. I can imagine how you could use all three, but we're saying that those are three different distinctions of mm-hmm. motivation. Mm-hmm. So I'll explain some key areas going on in motivation, and then we'll go into those theories and how that all applies a little bit more. Sound okay. cool? Yeah, love that. So where is it largely located? This is a higher level brain function, clearly. So because of that, right, it's in the most recent evolution, not not it's not been around a long time it's gonna be found in our prefrontal cortex yes and that's we know that because our prefrontal cortex is really focused on very deliberate goals it's focused on thought interpretation and the appraisal of things we are also looking at specifically the orbital frontal cortex so that is just under your prefrontal cortex it is just behind your eyes yes right poke your finger into your eyes Go further. Don't actually do that. Uh, and where you're hitting when you hit brain tissue first is your orbital frontal cortex. An orbital frontal cortex is focused on value-related information. Hmm, that would make sense. Yes. Um, also helps us determine our preferences. No real surprise there, right? Oh, we know yeah. that something is pleasing to us or not by the look of it. Mm-hmm. And has an impact to emotional choices. Not just choices, but choices that are more emotional to us. Very interesting. So your prefrontal cortex is hand model of the brain right kind of all of this little bits of front knuckles so your fingertips this uh first knuckle and that skin on your fingertips is kind of all of this Mm -hmm. and your orbital of course is like literally the very first thing behind your eyes so it's that skin and your ventral medial is more back so it's it's just kind of digging a little bit further into your fingertips clearly not hitting your thumb yet but it is still a part of these actual fingers. Oh, okay, cool. So it's literally right behind it. If you were to, say, shoot an arrow through right in between your eyes, it mm-hmm. would hit your orbital and then hit your ventral. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you have your anterior cingulate cortex. We talked a lot about that in depression. Mm-hmm. Because motivation is really impacted in depression. And anterior cingulate cortex is really the space on your skin that's touching your thumb. So oh, it's sure, the other right side of there. your fingers. Yep. Gotcha. So still in that prefrontal cortex, still basically right behind your eyes. Just we're going in a little deeper. Gotcha. This is really dealing with conflict in the informational processing center. So when things don't feel like they line up. And Kim specifically states, to quote, it increases the allocation of cognitive resources from other cortical brain structures to resolve that conflict. So it pulls from other parts of your brain mm-hmm. to resolve the conflict that that part of your brain is feeling. Yeah, I can't decide. I'm, I'm conflicted. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to pull more information so I can try to work through this and make a value-based judgment, for example. Oh, yeah. Classic problem solving. That kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. We're also looking at striatum, which is in an input module of your basal ganglia. Where is the basal ganglia? It is more where your thumb is. It is in that midbrain area. Oh, okay. And that is really focused on rewards. And then dopamine, which we talked a lot about in depression, which is kind of the neurotransmitter of reward. Yes. And of course, because we're talking about striatum, we're of course going to talk about our old friends, the amygdala, the hippocampus, and the hypothalamus. (laughs) Oh, good old friends, always involved. Yes, because we've seen already, and we're going to see a lot more in this episode, these really impact your ability to have higher brain functions. Wow. So it's hard to talk about motivation without talking about things that can decrease our motivation, which are often found in our amygdala, hippocampus, hypothalamus. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, clarifying, those were all the parts of the brain that are involved with motivation. Yes. But now we're looking specifically at what's happening 
for a reward-based motivation. Since we're looking at all three separately. We're looking at why these are connected. Why is it that when we talk about motivation, we're talking about your prefrontal cortex, your orbitofrontal cortex, your ventral medial prefrontal cortex. Why are these all interwired? And that's really because we have to think about why our brain exists the way that it does, right? And our brain is about what fires together, wires together. And it is about, I have to do the thing to get the thing. Yeah. I have to cook so I can eat. I have to work so I can have a paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're doing this, because we're doing it again and again and again and again, we do the, I, we're motivatedly driven from children, right? Yes. So because we've done this so many times in our life, we start to see these connections and we look at why do these connections exist. The brain is rarely about this one specific area, right? It's about these four parts singing in harmony. Yeah. Why are they holding that note? Love it. Love it. So your striatum is also very focused on rewards, praise, music, food, drugs, money, and it really likes unexpected rewards. Yes, the surprise. Classic surprise. And it turns out also social rewards are just as good to this part of our brain as tangible rewards. So I hand you 100 bucks is very similar in your brain to I tell you you did a good job. Whoa, that's awesome. A reminder that you cannot live on nice words. So ask your boss for more money. Yes. Reward theory is saying this is why all of these things are connected. Okay, so that's what that was our first theory. Our second theory is a values theory. And values are not quite per se the obtuse, I have a value of equality, but more this car has a lot more value. What your brain is actually doing in value-based theory is what has more value. Oh, gotcha. It's almost like what is worth more. Yes. Gotcha. I understand that. But this is not easy, what is worth more, and your brain has to constantly recalculate. So it's looking at these different pieces of the brain saying this exists because what we're doing is kind of a constant series of decisions that we make over and over and over. What are the value of our choices? This is true for what TV show to watch versus what major to have in college or whether to go to college at all. Wow. Does this have value? Reassess, right? Yeah. So the value-based theory is really focused on how all of these pieces together are looking at prices, representation, and continuing to learn what has value. So for example, part of your orbital frontal cortex, the middle side, is about the appetitive value, and your lateral is about adversive value. So it's also involved in the anticipation, but now it's also figuring out all the different options. Gotcha. So it's almost considering all of the options that are out there and deciding whether or not it's worth it. Yep. And continuously reevaluating. Yes. Looking at pros and cons. Wow. Okay. And then our goal theory is about the future that we want to have and suppressing our impulses, which if we remember from politics and what Sapolsky taught us, right, the piece of our brain that is really future focused is a very hungry piece of our brain. It requires more fuel to be able to activate that part of our brain so we can't use it if we're low on sleep or low on food. Yes, and why it can be so hard to reach because it's so much easier to do what you've done. Absolutely. Our brain likes repetition. Well, and our brain also likes immediate rewards. (gasps) Yeah, oh yeah. This is why it's hard to do things like change your whole diet plan, stick to an exercise routine, save money for retirement. Because our brain likes immediate rewards, one, but also the piece of our brain that says the future is a good idea is a very high energy piece of our brain to use, right? Yes. So if you're hungry, you're not going to work out, basically. (laughs) 
So when we think about goal-directed, Kim says goal-directed control requires higher order cognitive control, which we learned, right, which overlaps with metacognitive processing and executive functioning, including monitoring, shifting, and updating sub-processes. So this is going back to Sapolsky. We can't use this part of their brain because it's not accessible if it requires more energy, right? Mm-hmm. So when the, when the two choices, to quote Kim, are immediate, even if it's smaller, delayed, humans tend to prefer immediate over delayed. And brain imaging really shows us that the choice of immediate rewards and where they're activating is different than delayed rewards. And it's really looking at if you have goal-directed motivation, your dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex comes into play in addition to the other brain pieces that we mentioned. Mm -hmm. Because if we remember right, that dorsal lateral is kind of the boss of your brain and it gets to exert control specifically over behaviors. Mm -hmm. Yep, it was the, the, the manager the CEO yes. of our brain. Yes. yes, it allocates resources. So when we're talking about the neuroscience of motivation, it becomes really tricky because what kind of motivation are we talking about? And what kind of motivation we're talking about changes why our brain is singing this song instead of another. So taking all that we've learned about motivation, what can we do better? What can we do to make ourselves more motivated or to use this knowledge that we've learned about our brain's to our advantage, if that makes sense. We go so often back to the more you know. But it is a lot about that because it's about not being frustrated when you struggle with motivation, when you're not following through on your motivation, when you made a New Year's resolution and it's February and you're not sticking with it. You are literally a choir practicing a song. And you haven't gotten to perfect harmony yet because you got to do it a lot more times. The brain is about repetition and neurons that fire together, wire together. If you want more motivation, you want to be able to use it, you just have to do it more even when you fail. You do not fail, you win, or you learn. Thanks for listening to the Brain Blown Podcast. This podcast is created and produced by Lane and Sherris with music by James Austin. To learn more about this episode, head over to brainblownpodcast.com for script notes, visuals, and any resources we mentioned. And hey, if you have any topics you're curious about or want to learn more on, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to info at brainblownpodcast.com or reach out via social media to connect. <laughs>